0: Welcome to another edition of Maverick University. I'm your host, David Hallberg. Joining me today is Brother Steve Swarga. Brother Swarga is a member of the faculty at Providence Baptist College and has been so for many, many years and is involved as a layman in the church, Northwest Bible Baptist Church, involved in many of the ministries there. Thanks so much for joining us, Brother Swarga. Uh, Today's topic will be about one of your classes that you teach here at Providence Baptist College. Probably a class that brings a lot of bad, you know, I don't want to say bad memories, but, you know, a lot of dread, I suppose, for many students. It's your Greek class. And um, when people think about, you know, studying Greek, they think it's hard. They think it's difficult. Um, I personally, I was not a pastoral theology major in college. I was an education major. And so I never took Greek class in Bible college. And so what we'll be doing, uh, we'll be covering... um, the philosophy, why even have a Greek class? Um, And then we'll give a little application as well in another edition of Maverick University. So tell us about your experience with studying Greek uh, and how it was that you came to teach the class at Providence Baptist College. Well, way back when, I took it uh, when I was in Bible college.
1: And I I took uh, two years of Greek and uh, fell in love with it. I just, uh, I liked studying uh, the Bible. And uh, here was another tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, to help me study the Bible. Uh, just like you have a dictionary on your shelf to help you understand the words, now you add a Greek dictionary, which is called a lexicon. And uh, it's, it's just been an invaluable tool for me. In 40 years of ministry, I've gotten to use it quite a, quite a bit. You're right about there being a natural uh, loathing on the part of the students sure. uh, because they have a preconceived idea this is going to be too hard for them. And uh, I take that as a personal challenge. And when the students come into Greek class that first day, um, I want to try and uh, influence them to see the importance of what it is we're trying to accomplish. Because we do not teach it as a language. Mm -hmm. We don't teach it like you're learning a foreign language. We teach it as a Bible study tool. And that's very important. Uh, The students that come in that are like yourself with a strong English grammar background, they really do pretty well uh, because a lot of the same principles apply and uh, they'll pick up on it and do well. But I've had Spanish students, I've got some right now, Spanish students in my class, where their English is very weak and they've had very little uh, English grammar, but they can still get an A in the class because they love the Bible and they want to learn God's Word. So I take that as a personal challenge. I give them, the first day of class, I'm gonna give you the outline I give them, first day of school, uh, when we're in Greek class, I tell them, number one, it's the language that God chose from the beginning to write the
0: New Testament. I didn't pick it. God did. That's an amazing thought to think about when you've got um, all down through history, languages have emerged, languages have died, languages have changed throughout time. Um, Even the Greek language has changed over time. The Greek of today is not the Greek of uh, the time of Christ or the apostles or anything like that. It's just amazing to think about that is the moment in time that God chose to Pen his word for us in a human language. And then yeah, and that was Koine Greek. And Galatians 4, 4 says it was in the fullness of time
1: that God sent his son. And that was like the perfect time in history for him to show up. It was the perfect time in history for the word of God to be written as well. And a very interesting study. Every single word that God has given is on purpose is the second reason. Okay. Every single word that God has given is on purpose, and we need to know those words.
0: Well, the Bible talks about constantly about every word, you know, and how precious every word is. Uh, you have the idea of the jot and the tittle even being so important. It's not just the thoughts uh, that we need to uh, appreciate, it's the very words uh, themselves in the Word of God. And so, uh, what is it do you think makes the Greek language different from others that? maybe God chose that language to convey his word. It's, a very,
1: it's a very precise language. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you study it, um, it's, it's just precise. There's some things about the uh, Greek language that you don't see in, in other languages. I'll illustrate those later. But, you know, uh, f- uh, for instance, with the voice, we have active and passive voice yes, in the Greek class. And um, it's, there's also a middle voice. Oh. And the middle voice, like when uh, Peter went and warmed himself at the fire, it's in that selfish middle voice. He went and warmed himself. He was all about himself. He wasn't thinking about Jesus. And uh, that middle voice kind of brings out a little bit uh, what we call exegesis, bringing out the full meaning of the words okay. that God put there on purpose.
0: So while, you know, the English is not, as descriptive, maybe? Is that the word to use, descriptive? Maybe it doesn't have... I mean, there's, other, there's more tenses in Greek than there are in English, and you can pull out a little bit more juice. Every
1: language is different. Yeah. Uh, I would say the Hebrew is more descriptive. Okay. You know, the Latin is you know, more emotional. You have the Greek language, it's just precise. Okay. It's more mathematical, you
0: know. That makes sense with the Greek culture, and you think about... When I think Greek culture, I think, you know, geometry. Pythagoras, all those guys, Euclid, and all those guys. Um, what else? I mean, are there other reasons to study Greek? It's more precise. Uh, it's, um, you know, it's the original language that God chose. What else is there?
1: Because we're at war. Spiritually, we are at war, uh, not just in this country, but worldwide. Uh, we're at war with uh, the devil mm-hmm. and his attacks on the Word of God. Sure. So we need to know the Word of God, the cults. We're at war. Uh, the devil uses the cults to attack Christians and if you have a better understanding of his word, then you'll be able to re- refute uh, the claims, false claims of the cults. You'll look at John 1.1 1, 1 where the Jehovah's Witnesses say, in the beginning was the word and the word was a God. And you look at that and you, you know in the Greek language, you know, you, there's no indefinite article. You can't just insert the word a in there sure. d- just on a whim. Yeah, but that's what the Jehovah's Witnesses do with their New World Translation.
0: Uh, the Greek language forbids that. Sure, and so I mean, every cult I think draws support from scripture. And so, if you're going to successfully diffuse any false doctrine, you've got to know. You've got to know the book, and it helps to know the Greek language to kind of back up. Especially when you have like a Jehovah's Witness you mentioned, when they actually change uh, the word of God to fit their theology and their doctrine. Right. So. Right, what else do we have, about this Swarga?
1: Number four, yeah. uh, it lets you make your own discoveries. We encourage the uh, students, uh, we don't just give the rules of grammar. First semester is pretty much, you know, just rules of grammar. Sure. But then as we're hitting, there's 24 lessons that we cover, and as we get toward the second semester, we begin to introduce them to exegesis of the Word of God, where you're taking the Word of God and, and uh, trying to milk everything you can out of every word. Preacher encourages word studies. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have the students that are required to do word studies. And uh, they, we give them the tools to do that. Uh, it's, it's fun as the students learn to make their own discoveries where they didn't just hear it in a sermon or read it in a book. They read it in the Bible. They studied that word and, and that verse. And they came to uh, their own conclusion about what the word of God is telling them. And it's fun when they start making their own discoveries. It's, it's like instead of getting uh, leftovers, you know, you're getting the, the main course for yourself.
0: Well, it's absolutely true. I've, I've been there where I've received preaching, I've received teaching from the Word of God, and it's it's good, don't get me wrong, but then I've been there before where I read my Bible, and then I read my Bible, and I'm like, wait, that sounds familiar, and I study it with another passage of Scripture that's related to it, and I'm like, oh, I'm putting two, to two, to, two and two together, yeah. and before you know it, what you've done is you've made it's yours. You really possess it yourself. Rather than it being the truth that somebody else taught you, it's, this is my truth that God has given me from his word. And I think that's what you're trying to say about, you know, them making their own discoveries. It'll impact them on a deeper level than anything else could. Good. So what else do we have, this work?
1: Number five, because preacher wants us to. That's <laughs> why we take Greek. And he knows if we study the Bible, it'll make us a, a better Christian. In Second uh, 2 Timothy 2.15, okay. study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And uh, that's hard to know that, how to do that with the book if you don't know the book. Sure. And uh, that's a, a, a big emphasis there is uh, getting to know the word of God so you can be a better Christian. That's why Preacher has us studying the Greek language. And we study it, like, like I said, as a Bible study
0: tool, not as a foreign language. Sure. Um, And then that was number five, because the preacher wants us to, what's number six? Number six is doctrinal purity. Uh,
1: The Baptist scholars who wrote the books on all the different Greek lexicons and Greek dictionaries, uh, those scholars just happened to be Baptist. No, they were Baptist by conviction, because the better you get to know the book, the better you're gonna understand and be able to lay claim to the truths of the Word of God. Best example, one of the best examples I could think of that would illustrate that. Uh, you can't walk into Greek class as a charismatic and then study uh, the Greek for a semester and then walk out the door and you're still a charismatic. I mean, it, it's, it's just cut and dry. You get the 1 Corinthians 13.10. And uh, that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part shall be done away. I was just helping two people with this in our addictions program last week. They have a charismatic background. And uh, they were wondering when the sign gifts ceased because they heard us mention about that. And they said, oh, the sign gifts are still on for today until Jesus comes. And I showed them that verse. Well, it says, First Corinthians thirteen ten: when that which is perfect has come. How come it doesn't say when he who is perfect has come? Because hmm. it's a different gender in the Greek. Sure. That's why. Yeah. And uh, so it's obviously not talking about Jesus Christ, which would be in the masculine t- uh, gender. It's in the neuter. What does that mean? It's referring to the Word of God. When that, we read the context, the sign gifts, when did they come to cease? When the Word of God was finished being written.
0: It's so at the end of the Apostolic Era when That's the whole it. Bible A- was compiled? AD
1: 90, John yeah. gave the last uh, letter, the book of Revelation. The disciples died off, and the sign gifts died off with them. And you don't see them again until 1900, you know, out in Kansas, when some charismatic lady came up with this idea, okay? So um, the Word of God is pretty clear on that. Help you to stay straight doctrinally is is a, a good reason.
0: It keeps you honest, I guess. Any any good study of the Bible because everybody comes to the Word of God with preconceived ideas. I don't care who you are, where you're from. We all come to the Bible with preconceived ideas, and it's it's us that need to change, not the book. Right. You know, we don't change that to fit our lifestyle. We have to change to it. And a study of the Greek would allow us to really fully understand doctrinal errors, and or maybe as a preventive medicine to keep us on the straight and narrow path.
1: Which leads us to the first point, after six reasons why to study Greek, I give four reasons not to study Greek. Okay. And the, the first reason is not to correct the Bible. Oh,
0: well, perfect segue. Yeah.
1: We don't, we don't learn the Word of God to correct the Bible because you don't use, you don't use this to correct this. You use this to correct this. The yeah. flaws are up here. Yes, sir. And so uh, we teach, you're not going to correct the, the Bible with what you learn in Greek class. You're not going to do it. We had a, a graduate who was in a missions conference and he told me that a, a student from another college got up and he preached and he kept making statements like, well, a better word would be, and uh, this is a better uh, word for that. And he kept correcting the Bible in his sermon. And our student just sat there shaking his head, thinking, my Greek teacher would have had that guy for lunch. And at the end of the sermon, he sat down, the old preacher got up and said, Son, we're never going to support you in the mission field. And it wasn't one of our graduates. He just happened to be there sure. when that, that occurred. And he said, boy, I, I learned my lessons. Stay away from correcting that book, you know. And you read it in your Schofield notes so many times. A better word for would sure. be, or it. the original manuscripts say this word would and that's a big flaw with the Schofield notes.
0: Uh, we're not supposed to correct the Bible. Well, I mean, I find it laughable to think that one of our graduates, having taken two semesters of Greek, yeah. <laughs> could even think that they could, you know, touch the hem of the garment of the ones who did translate the King James. You read about the cre- academic credentials of those men, um, and it's just, please. Stop kidding yourself. You know, don't kid yourself. You you can't even start. Um, and beside that, uh, you know, even the resources that you're using, you know, like a Greek lexicon, like you talked about. If you're using that to correct this book, who's to say that this lexicon you're using is right? Right. And this is the one that's supposed to be right. Sure. And you're going to correct that with a book that doesn't claim to be inspired. That's kind of the wrong way to go, I think. Very good. And a lot of the modern lexicons,
1: uh, they do use the old the, the uh, corrupted uh, Westcott Hort uh, mm-hmm. manuscripts, <clears throat> they're not using the Texas Receptus, so th- they naturally have a lot of corruption in them. Sure. Uh, the best lexicon we have found is an analytical lexicon from, I think it's from 1976, from Moulton, but, uh, it, and that's hard to get your hands on, but um, like you said, <laughs> even the lexicon can be flawed. Uh, the true. only book on your shelf that's 100% infallible is uh, the Word of God. Amen. And everything else was written by man. So <clears> the <throat> preacher says uh, even the best commentators are commentators.
0: So we don't want to use our Greek knowledge to correct the Bible. Uh, what else, what's another reason not to study Greek?
1: You don't want to use the Bible to correct your preacher. If you ever hear a preacher saying something where you think your original Greek is going to be an improvement on what he just said, you're wrong. We don't use the, the Greek language to try and straighten other preachers out. Uh, we don't use it to try and correct uh, the man of God who's in the pulpit. Uh, the Bible says the church is the pillar and ground of all truth.
0: How are you going to get around that? Yeah. And uh, so we don't want to correct the Bible. We don't want to correct our preacher. Uh, what is another reason we don't want to study Greek?
1: Third reason you don't want to study Greek is not to get proud because knowledge puffeth up, it says in Corinthians. And uh, so you, you got to be careful just because you know a little bit of Greek. you It know, doesn't make you God's gift to preachers. Um, it's a tool. It's just another, another tool to put in your tool belt, another dictionary to put on your shelf that you could take down and use. Uh, but it, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't make you proud that you have a little knowledge uh, that God might use uh, to help you understand his word better.
0: Well, I think that's certainly true in every academic study. I don't care uh, what you know, type of you know, major you may have in college. If you don't also take with that knowledge a dose of humility, uh, you're going to hurt yourself in the long run. You might be excellent in the area of music, a great musician, but you've got to have some humility that goes with it. You might be uh, an awesome engineer, you know, uh, but you need to have a little bit of humility as well. So uh, what's uh, number four here, Brother Sorgan?
1: Number four is not to make you understand the King James Bible, but to show you the potency of it. And that's a quote from Preacher Gomez, before we ever started Greek class at Providence, preacher told me that statement. Mm -hmm. And he said, make sure every student knows that. It's been on every midterm and final exam since. It's not to make you understand the Bible, but to show you the potency of it. And you bring out the rich and full meaning of each verse and each word in the Word of God. It's powerful. And if you never learn Greek, you have all you need to understand the Word of God. Uh, You have a King James Bible. And uh, you have the Holy Spirit. Yes, sir. And uh, God uses that. Uh, again, it's just another dictionary to put on the shelf. If you just had uh, one dictionary and, and uh, you added a Webster's 1828 dictionary, now you added to your understanding of what the Word of God says. Mm-hmm. Now add a Greek dictionary. Now add a Hebrew dictionary. And you're adding to
0: uh, what you previously knew about the Word of God. So it doesn't... A, it doesn't increase the understanding, it's just a, a greater exposure uh, to the truths of the Word of God. E- exactly right. Well, thanks so much, Brother Swarga, for telling us a little bit about the philosophy of our Greek uh, program at Providence Baptist College. In, in another edition, we're going to be actually getting into the uh, examples of how we can actually do a Greek study and you know the kind of things we can learn and be exposed to from the Word of God. So check out our other conversations with Brother Swarga and our other guests at Maverick University on our YouTube channel and also on all the uh, podcast platforms uh, for our audio-only versions. Thanks so much for tuning in.